We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Brand Bigs. Bigs time. Bigs. With Molly and Haw. Bigs time. The Bigs Report. With Brand Bigs. Bigs time. Bigs. His name is Brand Bigs. Brand Bigs talks football with you. <laughs> Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 the score. Brad Biggs is the football man of the Chicago Tribune, a longtime contributor to the station and a valued friend. And he joins us now on the Signature Bank Score Hotline, Signature Bank, making commercial banking personal. Big Zay! Morning, Brad. Morning, boys. What's going on? Well, I was saying to David this morning, Brad, first of all, I think this is such a good time of year. We're going to watch good football, and then we're going to get into the draft season, and that will will go through the the combine, uh, the the senior bowl, the comp. I've always loved uh, this time of year for the NFL, and I've always really enjoyed the draft. And the fact that the, the Bears have the first overall pick just makes it really exciting and and we were talk. We've been talking already about some of these scenarios. There was a, uh, there was a um, a, a plan, and uh, I think it was CBS Sports. They already had their first mock. People are putting their mocks together, and I, I always enjoy the possibility as much as the actual uh, event itself. So it, I, I, there's just so much to talk about connected to the draft. Well, ton of options. Ton of options for the bears and, and all teams, right. Especially the teams that are going to have, uh, you know, a lot of cap space and, uh, what gets tricky with doing mock drafts before you get through that, you know, first four or five days of free agency is you really don't know who needs what, you know, one team's need right now can be solved, uh, 10 minutes into uh, free agency, but, yeah, it's, it's speculation season for uh, the clubs that are not in the uh, postseason race, and hopefully we've got a slew of good football games this weekend. But my goodness, uh, you, you look at what's happening with some of these matchups, and you've got uh, you know the Dolphins down to quarterback three, and uh, I, I I'm just hoping to see some good football. But uh, the expanded playoffs can lead to uh, some some rough games. Like, is, is Tom Brady against uh, Dak, Pres- Dak Prescott? And Dak's been awful the second half of the season. Is, is that going to be a, 
a thriller on Monday night, or are we going to have to sit through uh, a rough football game? I, the, only, the only way we're going to find out is to uh, sit down and watch it, though. So, Brad, as we sit here and watch the playoffs through the Bears' prism right here in Chicago and localize everything, which is the more appropriate thing to look for or to apply to with the Bears' situation with Justin Fields? How far the Eagles go because of Jalen Hurts or how far the Ravens are limited because of – uh, Lamar Jackson, because he hasn't practiced in 37 days. He could play. He likely won't. I wonder which of those situations you think is more uh, applicable to the Bears situation. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I, I guess I'd, I, you know, if you go with glass half full here, you're looking at the Eagles, and, and you're looking at how much better uh, Jalen Hurts is this season uh, than he was a year ago in his in his second year, and you know some people have been hot on Hertz as the MVP candidate this year. I, I think it's got to be Mahomes, guys. I mean, yeah, I think it has to be Patrick Mahomes when you look at the uh, <clears throat> production that he's had this season after they they dumped his best target, right? They traded away. Right. Tyree Kill didn't want to be there. They said okay, you know, and and. Um, he, it's not like the Chiefs went out and secured him uh, his a, a clear number one to replace Tyreek Hill. So in my mind, what Mahomes has accomplished in Kansas City is 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 unreal. Uh, and he, and plus he's been out there. You know, Jalen Hurts been banged up since the uh, hit from Travis Gibson at um, at that game at Soldier Field, right? You know, so um, hopefully Hurts is help, healthy in the playoffs. But I'd rather look at what the Eagles and Jalen have accomplished than the Lamarless uh, Ravens. Yeah, you know, I, I honestly think Joe Burrow has been as good as any quarterback in the NFL. And I, I would rate him. I think you're right about Mahomes, but I would rate him kind of uh, ahead of Josh Allen if I were putting together my – top quarterbacks. I think he's flown a little under the radar because they had a slower start to the season, but that Yeah, guy, they did have a slow start. Yeah. Oh, he's been he yeah, I mean, bro. And uh he he's fun to watch. Like like some some of these AFC games are are going to be uh phenomenal when we get to the divisional round. And and um these are the two weekends though. <clears throat> You've got loaded football, right? You've got Right. Wild card round and divisional round, you've got a full weekend. It's sometimes you get to that conference championship weekend, and if one game's sort of a dud, you you kind of feel uh, let down. But I'm I'm hopeful that we've got some fantastic viewing the next two weekends. So, Brad, we haven't talked to you since uh, the state uh, of the Bears address from Ryan Poles at the podium uh, on Tuesday. If you were to project what the next big Bears headline uh, would be based on what you heard or maybe what we didn't hear from Matt Eberflus as well. Would it be related to the staff? Would it be related to the Bears presidency? Would it be related to something else entirely? I don't think we're going to hear big news related to the staff. I, it would not surprise me at all if there's a little bit of change. Uh, but is uh, is Matt Eberflus making a move uh, with a position coach? Is, is that big news I don't know that that would qualify if they had a coordinator change that would certainly uh, reach that threshold. Uh, it'll probably be the team president 
uh, situation. You'd, you'd have to think uh, that might be next. You wonder um, what the timetable is for them considering contract extensions for current players. You know, there's no rush to do that at all, but sometimes you see guys re-upped uh, in January and, and the way that they spoke about Cole Komet makes it pretty clear that that is um, on their to-do list. Again, they could they could wait till July to tackle that or, or to begin that, or they could start uh, five days from now. Who, who knows? Um, but they've got, you know, they've got a ton of work to do. They've got to uh, have a very busy uh, rest of this month while also getting some of their staff some time off in a busy February as they sort of begin scouting not only free agency, uh, but the draft. I mean, there's there's some heavy lifting to do, and that's a primary reason why the Bears declined the opportunity to uh, coach in the East-West Shrine Bowl uh, in Las Vegas, which is the, if you're stacking the college all-star games, it's number two. So the Senior Bowl's got more talent, uh, but the Bears uh, passed on the opportunity to uh, participate in that because they've just got so much um, uh, so much heavy lifting to do to prepare for everything that is ahead this offseason. You know, it's interesting, Brad, uh, the whole Justin Jones grievances, the lack of communication, the constructive criticism he talked about in the, um, in the uh, exit interviews. We, we were talking, I think it was Mark Rohde said that it's his understanding that players were upset that Roquan Smith had been traded and that in two weeks running, they had traded uh, uh, two defensive captains. Uh, and and um, it, it sort of, they felt kind of caught unaware by that. And they had had the big win in, uh, in New England. And then all of a sudden they're, you know, losing people and trades are on and, and their defense never recovers. Um, and I thought that was I thought that was an interesting take. Is it as simple as that? Is that what it all came down to in your understanding? I I think it I think that's probably oversimplifying it, right? I mean, you look at uh, the defensive line didn't play well when Roquan was there either, right? So so maybe they had some issues there. You look at lack of product productivity on the defensive line. You combine that with what Justin Jones said, which wasn't earth-shattering. And I think, you know, I mean, there, there's an element to, of a, to this of it's, it's Justin Jones, right? I mean, it's, this isn't like, um, you know, I'm just trying to be real here. This isn't um, some high-profile player, right? They don't have a high-profile player uh, on their defensive line. But you add all this up and you wonder, is Matt Eberflus potentially – um, considering a change on his defensive staff with the line, right? You had um, the the lack of production in the pass rush. You had a poor run defense. And, um, hey, the coach can only do so much with what he's got to work with. But, you know, you wonder if Eberflus does something with Travis Smith, the de- de- defensive line coach. That's just purely speculation on my part, but it's something I would wonder about. So, Brad, I want to get back to this decision the Bears made, apparently, to not coach in the East-West Shrine game. The Falcons and the Patriots will be the two staffs on hand to get an up-close and personal look at some of the prospects they may or may not draft 
that evaluation phase, I think, is critical. I think that if Bill Belichick thinks it's worthwhile to do, it makes me wonder why the Bears coaching staff wouldn't want to get every opportunity to see these players up close, especially in a year that is going to be so draft-driven. You've got the number one overall pick. You're likely to multiply that into others. Why wouldn't you want to take this opportunity to see these players for yourself? Well, I think there's a difference between having an opportunity to do that in the Senior Bowl and the East-West Shrine. Um, the Senior Bowl just last year had more than twice as many players uh, selected as the East-West Shrine. Uh, the East-West Shrine, you're, you're you know, the better players there, generally speaking, they had Tyquan Thornton was the highest drafted player from the East-West a year ago. He was a second-round pick by the Patriots, um, and that was the highest second-round pick from the East-West game since Jimmy Garoppolo. And what was he drafted in 14? I'm just off the top of my head, it's been a while. Maybe it was 2012 for Garoppolo. At any rate, he was Jimmy was at the very end of sec, the second round. So there's a disparity between the, the rosters you have at the two games. Um, why would the coaches not want to go? They've been going full speed since they were hired uh, by Matt Eberflus almost uh, a year ago. Um, I think they need to be given an opportunity to uh, reset and refresh before they dive into what needs to be intense evaluation uh, for free agency and tackle that and not press uh, the pause button to then go out to Las Vegas and, and work with these day three potential day three prospects uh, for a week and uh, just kind of have an uninterrupted flow of meetings, tackling free agency, then heading into your draft meetings. This The whole like work with these guys for three or four practices thing is uh, is really overrated uh, by some folks in my mind. The Bears coached in the uh, Senior Bowl a couple of years ago. I, you know, John Fox's staff was down there. It's not like that week down there turned into some uh, dynamic uh, guy for them that their coaches went and uncovered some talent. So I I wouldn't raise any issue with that, uh, this decision at all. Uh, Brad, um, you know, I, we could argue that point a little bit. I, I, but I, I think if I asked you who are the blue chippers on this roster, would you answer Cole Komet? And does that mean he's getting a new contract? What was your take from that question, that response, and who are the blue chippers on this roster? Yeah, um, no, that means he's getting a contract, or he's getting offered a contract yeah. anyway, right? It, right. it takes uh, it takes two parties to get the actual deal done, uh, but it sounds like they'll be motivated to uh, have discussions about an extension for him. I don't think they've got a, a blue guy on the roster. They had one that was Roquan, and a, and a blue is like a, a perennial Pro Bowl player. That is a guy who – can be plugged into any one of the other 31 teams. And if he's on that roster, he's a starter. Okay. Um, that guy doesn't exist on the roster right now. Maybe, maybe Cole could become that guy. Uh, I don't view the, him that he is, you know, and, and, and I think you know, if you're looking at the Roquan situation and you're talking about, well, geez, Ryan Poles traded away their, their best player and he's got all this cap space, why wouldn't you invest in him and keep him in place? 
and I can I could write a fifteen hundred words supporting that right now this morning. That would be very easy to do. It's a point you can get behind. When you're looking at it and you're trying to understand why did they do this? What what's the other side of this? I think it's positional value and you look at what the Ravens paid Roquan and he got what he wanted. Twenty million a year guarantee total guarantee of uh what sixty million with, with forty five fully guaranteed right now. Congrats to Roquan. He um he went out and, and got what he was seeking. But if you're stacking up needs for the Bears right now and strictly on defense, so not even considering what needs um they have on the offensive side of the ball. Number one, I would put three technique tackle or edge rusher. You could you could flip flop them depending on how you feel about the possibilities to put into that position. So that's one and two, whichever order you want to put them in. Number three, they need a top cornerback. Number four, I'm probably going with another defensive lineman, an edge rusher or a uh, or another defensive tackle. And then I think at five, I'd get around the weak side linebacker. So um, it's something that the, it's a position they got to fill. Uh, it's a need. They've got much more pressing needs. And so when you look at the amount of resources that would have been required to keep Roquan, I think you can get an understanding for the other side, even if you – um, disagree strongly with it. Well, I could counter your 1,500 words with 1,500 of mine that would say that when you have a 25-year-old Pro Bowl player who is among the best at your position and you have $100 million in cap space, I don't think you let that guy walk out the door. Not when you have the roster well, without think, any blue-chip players I, on it, Brad. That's what I'm saying. Steve, that's what I said. That's what I said to start with. I said I could write <laughs> that you should have kept him. I, well, I, I mean, I could do that. I'm just – I think, you, you know, if you – to this, if you want to have a discussion, you need to you need to take a look at the other side of it. It's just it's the it's the positional value. Like there's a reason why Roquan is the first off the ball linebacker to crack twenty million dollars uh, in annual average. And you've seen edge rushers, uh, defensive tackles, corners blow by that. Like they've flown by that $20 million mark. So that just sort of reinforces the idea of positional value. Remember Matt Eberflus was asked about where Roquan was selected in the he draft scoffed. He and, scoffed. and he scoffed at it. He's not going to take it off the ball linebacker there. So I think the bears have some confidence that uh, they can draft and develop a guy with much less resources needed for the pick and, and get a pretty good solution there. Now, uh, until they go out and make that happen, they've got yet another need uh, on their defense. Brad, uh, three Bears rookies made pro football focuses all rookie ch- team. That was Braxton Jones, Jack Sanborn, and Jaquan Brisker. Um, are, are all those guys – I mean, I think Brisker's going to start next year, but what about the other two? Are, are all those guys – Long-term pieces or guys that had a good year considering? I think they're guys that had a, that had a good year you want to see more from. Braxton Jones, I, 
to me, has an opportunity to enter next season as the starting left tackle, but that's a premier position, and the Bears were deficient at every premier position, so they've got to look see if something's out there. If you can get yourself an elite left tackle, I think you've got to go out and do it, right? Mm-hmm. You, you've got an idea that Braxton Jones can get better and come back and be improved next year. But if you can go out and get a top one, to me, I would go out and do it. Jack Sanborn uh, played with great instincts. Uh, he stepped in right away. You cannot compare him to Roquan Smith. Like some people do, they're at different positions. Um, and, uh, yeah, it looked like this undrafted free agent can fit in. I'm not going to get too carried away uh, with some of the tackle totals that, that Sanborn had. I have yet to hear anyone <clears throat> discuss Joe Thomas, uh, who had a total of 25 tackles in the final two games of the season. He had 12 against the Lions and 13 against the Vikings. Um, so, to a degree, guys, with the defensive line playing like it was, you could put a folding chair at middle linebacker, and it would have six or seven tackles. Okay? Um, so, the... Uh, excitement for some of Sandboard's tackle totals was a little overblown. As I said, Thomas went in there. Uh, when they started playing him more, he started racking up a bunch of tackles. And uh, you, I, you probably haven't heard a peep about hey, the Bears need to re-sign Joe Thomas, right? I'm guessing you haven't had a caller with that um, approach yet. So I think Sandboard's got a chance. He's 31. Um, and you, what's that? He's 31. Okay, I'm just saying he had tw- he had 25 tackles in, in two games, and that's the kind of stuff that had people compared Sanford Urlacher, right? I mean, <laughs> leave so, Joniak out of this. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, this, is, this is a Jeff. This is a 31. Jeff. So yeah, he's got, and then Brisker looks good. I think Kyler Gordon played better in the second half of the season, and then they've got other guys that you just. Some of these guys, they're going to be what they're going to be the rest of their career. A few of them are probably going to take a big leap forward. You look at a Josh Blackwell and a Jalen Jones. You know, Blackwell uh, has got speed and quickness that I wonder if he potentially profiles as a nickel at some point in the future. Something to at least consider for um, some of the young guys. What's the role moving forward? Because as Ryan Pohl said, you know, they led the NFL in snaps played by rookies by a huge margin, uh, and that's provided a base and an opportunity for growth for those guys and learning experiences as those players head into the offseason and start, uh, in a couple of weeks anyway, wondering, you know, what can they do individually to step their game up in year two? Brad, we got a texter who just checked in said uh, the Bears need to re-sign Joe Thomas. So there we go. <laughs> Yeah, they'll say that guy's on the board is the first one. Uh, but, no, it's just, I was just trying to make a point. No, no, it's get, funny. I got it. Put, yeah, anyone, like like I said, a folding chair would get you six, I think. <laughs> That's awesome. Big Z, you're the best. Thank you, buddy. Thanks, Brad. <laughs> All right, guys, have a great day. A folding chair. He just compared Jack Sanborn to something you'd get at Ikea. <sighs> well... I think he's a higher level of folding chair. Okay. I don't think he's an Ikea. Level. No offense to Ikea, but uh, you're going to get dusted upside. We need to follow up on that. that. Yeah.
312-644-6767. It's Mully and Haw on the score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. You could put a folding chair at middle linebacker, and it would have six or seven tackles, Okay. Oh, Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 the score. Yeah, that is. Uh, Texter wh- chimes in. So, are the Bears going to resign the folding chair? Yeah. Well, nice. The Bears need to resign that folding yeah. chair. Yeah. Whomever they call him. Um, yeah, I think Jack Sanborn's a little better than that. And I, I don't think Bigsy was dissing Jack Sanborn. He's just talking about the way the Bears play defense and. Uh, and and how that uh, well that position kind of funnels uh, plays to it. He's also alluding to the fact that the front four was somewhat non-existent. So if you played linebacker for the Bears, you were going to make a lot of tackles. You were going to catch a lot of running backs. You were going to be in on a lot of plays because there wasn't uh, your your first line of resistance didn't really resist much. Am, am I wrong that I have focused a bit on that Justin Jones thing? It seems like people feel uncomfortable about it and um, that you're not supposed to bring it up. I, I thought it was a very telling sort of comment because we just haven't well, seen that. I've been to plenty of final days and I've seen guys leave organizations and say less than he said in that final day. Two thoughts. One Number one, it's not wrong to point it out because it does represent a contradiction for a team that embraces a culture and has been very vocal about the strength of that culture and then somebody considered uh you know a big part of that defense however good or bad it was says that there was a a communication breakdown with coaches that there was uh, there were grievances that needed to be aired so I think that is why it stood out what Brad I think wanted to keep in context is that Justin Jones is not a player that necessarily has a lot of gravitas. Uh, He's somebody who is a very good guy to have in your locker room, a pretty dependable rotational piece in your defensive line, but to overstate what he said or to amplify his words, I think Brad didn't feel like that was, that was necessary because he feels like, in context, Justin Jones is not more than just a guy to him. But, I, yeah. but I, I'm kind of with you because I do think that we're, we're here to hold people accountable for what they say and what they do, and you do have a Bears regime that is you know, all about the hits principle, all about the intangibles, all about the culture, and when you have one of the players who was the most vocal on, on get-out-of-town day say what he said, 
you can't ignore it. Yeah, I, I mean, I think what's what's fascinating is to kind of follow, you know, team building vis-a-vis um, the way the Bears. I and I don't, you know, if they if if you want to call it a tank. I, I don't think anyone's going to argue with you losing the final 10 games of the year. And they certainly, those were kind of pinpoint uh, trades to, to get rid of, um, you know, your best defensive lineman, your best young player on defense, period. That's going to leave you with less than. And I don't know that they thought it was going to be as profound as it was, but man, well, it, it was a very from the minute that happened, they never got out of the tailspin. And you know, I, I wonder. It, it seems contradictory to to trade away a second round pick for uh, Chase Claypool while you're planning on losing the rest of your game. Exactly. I, it, it doesn't exactly. It doesn't Molly, flow I, together. I, I think. And again, I. It doesn't really matter if we're in the minority or majority here. Yes. But this is what I think. This idea that this was a great example of this orchestrated losing and Ryan Poles set out to tank the North, it, it's convenient, it's applicable because you can't be disproven, but I do think it gives them more credit than they probably deserve if you're talking about, boy, this tank worked out perfectly. I don't think they planned it to be this bad. I don't think that Ryan Pace envisioned Ryan Poles, excuse me, Ryan Poles envisioned it getting to the point where they lost 10 in a row. Let's take let's take everybody back to Foxborough. Okay? Ryan Poles addressed reporters before that game. Remember? Yes. They beat the Patriots. Dan Weeder talked about this on on the podcast and and also he's talked about this on the station. There wasn't a sense from Ryan Poles that this season was going to come off the rails. There was a sense of anticipation, optimism, hope. And maybe and that that maybe trading Roquan Smith was one of those things that you know people want to point to as an example of of a tank an intentional uh, attempt to lose. Yeah. yeah. But I I don't know about that. I think Yeah, I don't think he knew what he was I, I, I don't think he knew it was going to have that far reaching an effect. I, I think that when you made that decision they they were at a contract impasse. It probably got a little personal. It probably got, you know, to a point where, well, we made him a good offer and he won't accept it, so we're going to lose him for nothing. So we may as well get something and we'll keep everyone happy by trying to work on the passing game a little bit. And so it's kind of a trade-off. But, I, it, you know, in retrospect, that was kind of the house of cards coming down because they couldn't stop anyone the rest of the way, right? Didn't you break down the numbers of – of pre and post uh, with Roquan and, and, you know, Dustin wants to talk about um, 31 points versus 22 points a game is a big difference. Oh, it's, a, a, it's a huge point, but but his thing was, well, you're playing better teams or you're playing lesser teams or, I, you know, I don't know, man, you weren't competitive. You were not, you no longer were going to win a game and you no longer could stop anyone. And it was a real problem. I just don't think that, to give Ryan Poles credit for losing 10 games in a row and putting himself in a position to have the number one overall pick, yeah. which is celebrated and, and he's getting credit for, I suppose. Yes. But that also overlooks the fact that he went out to try to be competitive this year. That it, 
the the signings of Lucas Patrick, for instance, he tried to build this offensive line to the point where it was respectable and better. Ryan Bates didn't work. So these moves that didn't work, you can't tell me that that was like by design. I don't know if the Bears becoming three and fourteen, having more losses in one season than any other Bears team in history, was by design. Well, and and you know, I, I mean, if you're just being honest about it, right? How many years does it take for Matt Eberflus to have a winning record as a head coach after a three and fourteen? Oh, season? now? Yeah, I'm just he's, saying. He's up you against start it. in, yeah. and that's Ryan Poles and would, too. Would you put your you, guy in that situation? I, I would hope not. Right. Would you put yourself in that situation? No. Because you know, even if Dustin's right and they get to nine and eight next year, um, that's one game back. I mean, you would have to have some really strong years. And I know his plan is to take the North and never give it back, and he wants sustained winning, and I understand all that. But I I also think when a guy is asked, well, who are your blue-chip players? And he can't really name more than one who might not be a blue-chip player. I think you you have a problem with your talent level. So let's say you go out into the market and you draft or excuse me you you buy starters what how many do you buy four starters are you yes. four or five you need four starters in free okay. agency that's fair any four you sign is, are probably going to be starters right anybody you sign will be a starter you'll be paying good money for them and they will start for you mm-hmm. then you go into the draft you've got the first overall pick which should help you create more but you only have one of the top 50. Now, right now. when was Brisker taken? Second right? round. When? Like 50-something, 40th. Right? Or, yeah. Was it in the 40s? I'm just saying you can get a player in the second round. But you, as you say, you're going to get more. Well, I mean, and we talked about this idea. Do you want more next year? Do you want more this year? Do you want to get all those future picks and then use them to get back up into this draft? Uh, you know, Jalen Waddle style, you know, trade down and then trade back up to six to get a receiver. Whatever way you want to do it, you you need a lot, and you need to come away with another four or five starters somehow. Yeah, you know, it's hard to get if you get three starters out of a draft. That that's considered a really good draft. So, They're going to get somebody in the undrafted free agent uh, market. You know that, and they'll probably have to plug and play this is, him at this point. This is my point. point. You are going to get starters out of the draft, whether they should be starters or not, right? because you need starters. Well, that, and, and this is my point. I don't know how many real starter quality players you're going to get. That's just the reality of an NFL draft. Kyler Gordon was 39. Juquan Brisker was 48, both second okay. rounders. So it's roughly. And then Braxton Jones, of course, was the other starter out of that group. The Bears ended up with three guys that were predominantly starters from uh, from the draft. Dominic Robinson played more than he ever had any reason to think that he would. He was a fifth-round pick in last year's draft. Of course, Trenton Gill. Do you count the punter? Yeah, he see, was in the seventh but, but round. I mean, you're not going to take a punter this year. You see what I'm saying? You're not there going to. Th- you're not going to take a return no. guy because you took Vailus Those don't Jones. count. You're not gonna, well, that's my Let's point. Let's look at the 22 positions, 23 if you count nickel. The Bears got three starters in last year's draft. They're likely to get four in this year's draft. They're going to get four so the three starters in free agency. Jones and, and the two Jones and, and the two and defensive Tyler backs. Gordon. Yeah. Okay. Those are your three guys that I think you could envision being starters uh, for – for, for a considerable amount of time and could be starters when the Bears actually become good again. 
I want to get back to this idea, though, yeah. when, when we talk about the plan and the plan that now everybody believes in because they are where they want to be, presumably. I don't think that Ryan Poles, when he sat down with George McCaskey and Ted Phillips last January, anticipated things getting this bad. I don't think he introduced an orchestrated uh, plan to lose, to tank. Right. I don't think this was by design. I think that he probably knew it was going to take some time. Yeah. Probably talked in terms of patience, and he had some perseverance and all of these things that made him an attractive candidate. But I don't know that he went in there thinking that this teardown was going to be as thorough and complete and as ugly as it has become. 312-644-6767. It's Mullion Hall on the score. Ryan Poles set out to tank the North. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 to score. Well, are we bashing Ryan Poles? I don't think we are. I think we're talking about wh- where they are right now and how they got there and just the dichotomy of if you – the contradiction of if you really wanted to lose all your games and why did you trade for a wide receiver. It's just I, – I just think that – It's a fair example. And, look, this guy's judgment is – center stage right now and yeah. it is ryan pole season as some people announced on on monday right fine if you are the general manager of the chicago bears you're going to be scrutinized and every decision will be evaluated now in that evaluation of his first year on the job i think in fairness you can't ignore the missteps any more than you can ignore the the good decisions so Right now, to me, it's a mixed bag. I don't know that he has done enough to remove the questions. I certainly wouldn't call him a proven evaluator or executive. He is grounded. He doesn't seem to have a large ego. I like the way that he handled his postseason address this uh, Monday, or t- was it Tuesday? Yeah. Do you know what I like most? But I, I like the idea that he started by, you know, when he was asked about the number one overall pick. He was, well, maybe someone put the game on. I wasn't. He talked about being disappointed at a loss. That's that's the tone you have to take. Well, he still looks at it from a football player's that's perspective. That's what you're supposed to do. And you, wins and losses matter to football players, sure. guys who are wired that way. No, He's wired that way. Let's hope so. But I, I don't think I, I don't think we're being negative in any fashion. I hope the guy is a phenomenal uh uh, general manager and puts together a good team and they and they get it done and I hope he I do hope that he plunders and pillages uh, in terms of trading down or whatever I hope he comes away with uh, about as much as you could imagine I do too I but but the people that claim that objectivity is they're interpreting that as criticism help us out text us or call us and let us know what are the good decisions that you're proudest of in Ryan Poles' first year? What has he done to win you over and remove that doubt that we're addressing? Because to to think that he has removed all doubt, to me, I think is being naive. There's a lot riding on his decisions moving forward, especially now that they have the number one overall pick. Let's start with uh, Daryl. Daryl is listening on the Odyssey app. Hey, Daryl. Hey, guys. Uh, I think that he said something in this press conference when he, when he mentioned in the middle of the year, stretch of games that Justin Fields performed well. And when he, that's when uh, he, he went in, he said he, he went in and got Claypool. And so I think that was after Roquan. And so I don't think he cared anything about the defense. He knew what he had. And he sees what he has, all the weaknesses. And he traded Roquan to get a draft pick and didn't want to pay him. But 
something happened with Fields. The whole country saw it, and those flashes in the, while he was running, and and that's when he made his decision that he was going to uh, stick with him. And so he figured, hey, I better bring in someone now because the free agency class. And I think Claypool is the, the most talented receiver on the roster. And so with with commit with Cole commits development. And they hope the same will be with uh, Claypool and along with Fields' development. And so that's what they're thinking. And so I think they're ready to uh, start building team now. That's my my comment. Okay. Thanks for the phone call. Thanks, Daryl. The Roquan Smith trade and the Chase Claypool trade We're, happened on the same day. Yeah. So I don't know that there was a lot of yeah. relationship or the, the relationship was as tight between, well, we're going to – get rid of this guy and tank the season and versus, oh, well, we're not going to tank. I don't know if they were related as much as they were uh, opportunities that Ryan Pace, Ryan Poles felt like he was taking advantage of. The Claypool trade has not aged well. No. And that's not an insult. That's a fact. Let's try David. He's in Waukegan. Hey, David. Molly Hall, how you doing, fellas? Good, Good morning. Good. Hey, I, we're four days into this offseason, and I'm already tired about hearing how the Bears are the worst team in the NFL. Statistically speaking, yes, they had the worst record, nothing to be proud of, but you can't say that their arrow's not more pointed up than the Texans, the Colts, and you could probably throw a couple other teams in there. Uh, I'm tired of hearing about trading fields. Uh, that Jamoke GM, who's a former GM, Believed in Mark Sanchez Mike, and Mike Tannenbaum. Yeah, yeah. You know his track record is not the best for what he did. So you know, I get it. He's a former GM, and you got to think about this stuff. But it's just nonsense. Mike is part, or David is part of the is part of the equation. It's part of the conversation. You have to be able to look at things both sides. I don't agree with Mike Tannenbaum either, but you respect his opinion. He's done this job before. He's made some big moves. As for the Bears being the worst team in football, I'm sorry you're tired of hearing it, but they are. They've got the number one. You are what your record says you are. They did beat the Houston Texans. Okay. So maybe they're better than Houston. What is that? (laughs) I I mean, I'll I'll give you that, but it's just not that big a deal. I suppose some people are triggered by the fact that you don't want that designation. They're better than the 49ers. I think we can all agree on that. They beat the 49ers. (laughs) I think what bothers guys like David and fans like that – Yes, you can say two things. The Bears are the worst team in football. Yes. But they're, they're also is pointing up because you have a quarterback, and you can celebrate that if, sure. you, if you wish. But both things are true. You can be happy about Justin Fields, but you can't deny the record. They are they're as bad as anybody, 3-14. and 14. That's why they're drafting first. You could argue that Indy has a better offensive lineman on their team than the Bears have in terms of any player. Well... <laughs> I'm just being honest. If if Chris Ballard is asked to name his blue chip players, there's not really any doubt where he starts. Yes. If Ryan Poles is asked to do the same thing, I think we all were surprised by how he addressed it. Yeah. So that's a difference between the Colts and the Bears. We'll get back to the conversation. we got to bring in the Hall of Famer. Dan Pompey is going to join us next. We'll ask him how good the Bears are, how much better they can get, and, uh, and what he anticipates happening in terms of the money and the pick and all the rest of it, it's Mully and Haw on the score. 
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.